Welcome to the More Attention, Less Deficit podcast. This episode is Restore Balance in the Relationship, Part 2. Every relationship entails struggling to maintain balance. You can use these techniques to bring a little more balance and peace and satisfaction to your relationships. The book, More Attention, Less Deficit, Success Strategies for Adults with ADHD, is available at addwarehouse.com and pretty much everywhere else, including on the Kindle. But if you enter coupon code 19380, my zip code, at com, you'll save 25%. I'm psychologist Dr. Ari Tuckman, author of More Attention, Less Deficit, and Integrative Treatment for Adult ADHD, a practical, easy-to-use guide for clinicians. For more information about either book, archives of this podcast, links to past presentations, handouts, and information about upcoming teleclasses and presentations, check out adultadhdbook.com. So this episode is a continuation from last week. We left off talking about five strategies to create a balanced relationship. The first three from last week were, number one, talk it out. Number two, different strokes for different folks. Number three, reminding is better than doing it yourself. We'll talk about the fourth and fifth here, which are one stands up, one stands down, and give credit where credit is due. We'll end by talking about those relationships where both people have ADHD, partly because this arrangement isn't really talked about all that much, but also because it can be enlightening for any relationship. So let's start here with one steps up, one steps down. ADHD relationships come in all shapes and sizes. However, there's a stereotype of the scattered adult with ADHD and the super organized partner. Even if your relationship doesn't quite fit this extreme, it may still have some of this flavor. It's easy to get into a pattern where the non-ADHD partner feels resentful for having to take on responsibility for too many of the details in the couple's life whereas a partner with ADHD feels constantly criticized for not living up to the other person's standards. As with any couple dynamic, this arrangement works in some ways and doesn't work in others. You'll feel better about it and have more options for coming to a more satisfying arrangement if you can be honest about both sides of the coin. So the organized non-ADHD partner easily falls into the role of being the responsible one. It fits her strengths, she likes doing it, she likes being needed, and she likes not having to worry about the other person messing things up. What's probably not as acknowledged is that she likes doing things her way, so she benefits from taking on all this responsibility. She may rationalize it as being purely because of her partner's unreliability, but underneath that, she really kind of likes it. Therefore, if anything is to change in the relationship in this regard, she needs to acknowledge this need of hers, find a way to let go of some of this control, and tolerate her partners doing things differently, you know, than she might do. Meanwhile, the partner with ADHD is more than happy to unload all these burdensome chores, since he never really liked doing them in the first place. No, I insist that I be allowed to do our taxes. He may not enjoy the feeling of being beholden, but he's willing to tolerate it as long as it doesn't get held over his head too often. It's probably more obvious what the partner with ADHD gets from this unbalanced relationship. However, in order to buy himself freedom from being seen as the less capable one, 
he needs to step up and begin doing more of those undesirable chores. He may not need to do them to his partner's highest standards, but he needs to do them at least well enough to prevent his partner from having an anxiety attack and resentfully taking them all back again. Therefore, in order to rebalance the burden of responsibilities, both partners need to come towards center and give up part of what they like. That is, the non-ADHD partner can't have everything done her way and not be the one to do it all. And the partner with ADHD can't get out of these chores and be seen as equally capable by a non-resentful spouse. Each partner needs to compromise, not just with the other partner, but with himself. So if you see yourself in one of, the, one of these descriptions, then be honest with yourself about both sides of the coin, what you're getting and what you're giving up at the same time. It's easier to make a satisfying decision if you take all of this information into account, including the stuff that you don't really like to admit. Finally, strategy five, give credit where credit is due. Relationships have momentum. When things are going well, we tend to give our partners the benefit of the doubt. When things are going badly though, we nail them on every potential infraction. This is especially easy before someone's ADHD is diagnosed and the couple has a different way to understand these behaviors. It's easy to get into a nag and passive aggressive cycle in which the non-ADHD partner is seemingly always on the other person for what he did or didn't do. He then feels as if he can never do anything to please her, so he gives up and doesn't really try. He then lies about things in an effort to avoid further criticism, which only drives her to hammer him even harder when she finds out about his cover-ups. This quickly goes from bad to worse. It's easy to see how this pattern can develop and harder to get out of it. Therefore, if you find yourself snapping at each other too much, call a truce. Someone needs to, so it may as well be you. If you're the one listening to the podcast, then it really should be you. You can take quiet pride in the fact that you were the bigger person who saved the relationship. You know, if nothing else, you get some uh, kind of quiet bragging rights. Here are four more tips to keep in mind as you do this. Number one, express appreciation for what your partner is already doing. No matter how frustrated you are with your partner, he must still be doing some things well. Look for them, then mention them appreciatively. Number two, do something nice for your partner. Change the tone of your interactions by going out of your way to do something that your partner will appreciate. Now, I know, I know, it's probably the last thing you want to do when you feel frustrated, but it may be the best thing that you can do. Number three, resist the temptation to criticize. You will undoubtedly see plenty of things to comment on, but that doesn't mean that you have to. Remember that you also have plenty of opportunities when things are going well, but you often choose to keep those criticisms to yourself for the sake of peace in the house. This doesn't mean that you shouldn't comment on anything, just that you should try to limit it to the things that really matter. And finally, number four, remember why you like this person. In the hustle and bustle of daily life, it's easy to focus on chipping away at the pile of chores and forget about the romantic connection or even just enjoying each other's company. Take a moment or two to remind yourself about what you love about your partner. 
Let's talk now about an often neglected situation, the relationship where both partners have ADHD. I received an email from a listener asking me to cover this topic, which was a great idea because I don't think I would have thought of it otherwise. What's most interesting to me about this is how it's different, yet not really so different from any other relationship, whether one person has ADHD or neither one does. Every couple will have some things that are similar and some things that are different. We want enough similarities that we can relate to each other, yet also enough differences that it keeps things interesting and that we complement each other well. So for a couple where both people have ADHD, this is a similarity. It can be a good thing because there's more understanding of those ADHD moments, at least mostly. They can relate better to their partner's struggles and hopefully not hold that person to standards that they themselves can't always reach. So there's probably more empathy, at least about ADHD things, but not necessarily about other things, because of course other differences will remain. On the downside, every couple needs to get certain things done, like paying bills and going to the grocery store. No one really enjoys them, but someone still has to do them. So it can be a real game of hot potato and a lot more last minute scrambling when the crisis erupts. Also, two partners with ADHD are really likely to have a kid with ADHD, so life can become even more complicated. So the universal challenge here for any couple is to manage those similarities and differences, to, in, to try to enjoy them more than argue over them. Maybe not all the time, but at least most of the time. If one or both members of the couple have ADHD, then that's part of it, but there are lots of other things too. So don't make the ADHD the defining or major part of the relationship or of either person. This can sneak in sometimes, for example, by saying he is ADHD rather than he has ADHD. I prefer the latter. To say that someone is ADHD makes it too big a part of who they are and makes it hard for them to be anything else. So a little perspective in this case can be a good thing. Now, as a final note here, I'm really looking forward to the upcoming Chad Regional Conference in the Virginia suburbs of Washington, D.C. on Saturday, May 22nd. I used to live and work like right near there, so it'll be great to see everyone again and sort of run into some people that I haven't had a chance to talk to in a while. I'll be presenting a session entitled Acceptance is Empowering. So if you're there, check it out. They'll have a bunch of other great speakers as well, including Kathleen Doe and Patricia Quinn, as well as a bunch of my friends, um, Jeff Bernstein, Marie Paxson, Sharon Weiss, and lots of other great folks. So should definitely be a lot of fun and uh, if at all possible, make it on out there. Hope to see you there. You can get more information at chad.org, which is C-H-A-D-D.org. I think that I'm going to do another episode on relationships, depending on basically whether I like what I come up with. Um, I want to do something based on a line that I use a lot. The sign of a good relationship is that it pushes you to become a better person. Great line. So uh, let's see what I come up with. Like I said, if I like it, I'll do a thing on relationships. If I don't like it, then I'll do something else. Until next time, thanks for lending me your attention.